Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women. I am Gemma Serenity, your host, and today we have the immense honor to have Coach D, Dominika Stanievich, with us. How do you say Stanievich? You did an awesome job. You did phenomenal Thank well. You. You're almost like you're Polish. I mean, I'm close to that. I'm Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And so, listen. We are in it for a treat. I'm going to give you a little bit of her bio, all right? So she's a certified brain coach but by Dr. Amen and a neuroencoding specialist certified by Dr. McClendon III. Coach D works with a holistic approach that targets both the software and hardware of your brain so you can live life on a new level. There is a Calendly link on her Facebook page to schedule a free discovery call. So be aware of that. So I'm going to read the other part of her bio. I'm Coach D. Dominika Stanievich, a brain coach certified by Dr. Amen and Amen University and a neuroencoding specialist, founder member of the Neuroencoding Institute, sociologist, educator, public speaker and an expert featured multiple times in European media. I help people, people regain the feeling of belonging and hope. They get to rediscover that there is more to life than what, what they are living. I specialize in bringing organic happiness back. I take a holistic approach that includes your physical well-being, brain health, spirituality, values, psychology, and environment. I share the tools that have allowed me to go from chronic depression, child loss, the feeling of not belonging, and being simply miserable with a perfect life on the outside to a truly thriving and happy woman that loves life and has encoded happiness in her DNA. Did you hear me? Encoded happiness in her DNA. And I totally understand that this encoding really means like reprogram so deep that it's you, it becomes you. Absolutely, that's exactly what it means because everything we learn, we learn from the outside, right? Yes. So it's something that we repeat over and over and over. And if we repeat something long enough, it becomes part of us. So if we did it once, we can change that. We can reprogram those thoughts, reprogram those behaviors, reprogram how we were brought up. And there's no more excuse of saying, oh, you know, it's kind of a choice. Happiness is a true choice. And it's so amazing because we forgot how happy we were when we were kids. I mean, somebody moving their little finger, we would burst out laughing. And it was the funniest thing ever. If we would do that as adults, most will think, okay, there's something wrong with them. And look how weird that is, that if somebody's super happy and laughs a lot, we go, they're, they're weird, they're unusual. For some reason, we take away the privilege and the ecstasy of being happy generically, like from the inside, we believe that it's not okay when we're adults, that the only way to go through life is through suffering and through pain. Heck no. Heck no, I so agree with you. Oh my God, thank you. Thank you for bringing truth back to life. Yes, 
Yes. And I am a testament to that, what I speak. And what you read, it's a very short version of my life story. And also, um, please, walk us through the few big elements of your life okay. and include the I died moments. So I was, I'm Polish. I was okay. born in Poland and my mother was an actress and a singer, and she still is, and a very popular one. Yet my mom was raised and programmed in a certain way where touch, caring, and presence was not something that she would really entertain. So I would be a little girl waiting by the door, mom is coming back, you know, mom, you're back. And she'll go, oh, go away, I'm tired. And it wasn't because she didn't love me. It's just, she didn't have the need for touch. That wasn't her love language. Yet as a little kid, I had no idea that this is how it works. So I felt rejected. Then I was growing up, it turned out that I had epilepsy. So very often I would have a seizure in a public place and people assume I was a drug addict. Then at age of 18, yes, because that looks exactly the same when you're overdosing. A seizure is a seizure, but there is no difference. Just I didn't overdose anything. I just had a seizure because I'm epileptic. So I would be labeled. And then also on top of that, I am dyslexic. So people would assume, and that happened even to me at the first university I went to, that they told me that, you know, with epilepsy and dyslexia, there's no way you could be an educator. And, you know, I, if, you, if I were you, I would find a rich husband, um, you know, and get married. Maybe, you know, you're pretty, so you'll find a husband. You know, just don't overwork yourself. I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> no, that's, that's not what I want to do. Um, but that was my stubbornness. That wasn't my happiness. That was me proving the world wrong. And that was a very different path. Then I ended up with a very abusive gentleman who, um, whatever you can come up with, it was done to me from rape, broken hands. And he was the father of my child. His name was Patrick. Um, with the last breath, I guess I did not marry him. Oh gosh, thank you. I didn't marry him. Universe, I'm so grateful. Um, and when I had my son while giving birth, I died. And that was the death experience. And uh, it's a phenomenal experience, by the way. I had no big tunnels, lights, or anything else like that. But I was a ball of energy communicating in the same language with billions, trillions, quadrillions connected balls of energy. There was no anger. There was just share of information. And it was more than just our earth. It was more than that. It was, it was phenomenal. And then I came back and then I ran away with my son and my son died. So after that, I had two years of depression. And then one day I woke up, have no clue what the trigger was. My, um, I thought of my mom and I'm like, if I'm suffering after a 16 month old boy, so much that my hair hurts, my eyelashes hurt, my nails hurt, I can't breathe. I don't remember anything from those two years besides pain. Then my mom would not survive this. And I started crawling out of that hole. And then I became more masculine than Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and every man put together. I was proving the world that I can do it all. And I would come back home and cry. Then I got married to a very opposite, a great, good man that was just not for me. And I then have my twins, the most amazing two women of my life. They're 22 now. 
and I got divorced. Um, well, I filed for divorce when they were 11 months old. I knew that I don't want to live a lie. That was, I had to keep my integrity. And he is a good human. He, he didn't do it. He was just not for me. Um, because I thought if somebody's not beating me up, raping me, that that's a good material for getting married. Yeah, that there is more to marriage than that. A little bit more. <laughs> so, um, and life went on and I was proving the world, you know, raising my kids on my own and achieving working with the European Union, working with presidents. Oh, what didn't I do? And coming back home and crying and crying. And one day I was like, gosh, it's, that's not right. This is not the way life is supposed to be like. I, I, I just refuse to agree that this is how life is supposed to go, being nonstop unhappy, miserable, stressed with seizures. And I'm like, okay, so if I keep the same, if not I, but when the same pattern keeps repeating, maybe it's me, not the world. And that was the moment when I started working on myself that was about 12 years ago. And it was a very long journey, very painful journey, rediscovering what it means to be a woman, rediscovering softness, rediscovering intuition, rediscovering what I really want. And guess what? I don't want to be a prime minister. I don't want to work for the government. And I don't want to be the best known um, commentator and a person who, you know, sees and analyzes data that forecasts information. That's not what I want. So then the discovery period started. And one by one, I was using coaches, a lot of them. They helped me through and I believe they shortened the process. I don't think I would have been where I am without them. I would be way, way behind. And then I run into, I was always listening to Tony Robbins and John C. Maxwell and other uh, speakers. And I would take what fitted me at the moment. It's interesting because when you listen to the same things over and over, it turns out that when you fix something or not even fix, when you adjust something in you, then you listen to the same podcast and you pick something else that you didn't even hear that it was there because you're ready for it. So I ended up at UPW, Date with Destiny, and then I run into Dr. Amen and Joseph McKeldon III, who's part of Tony Robbins' um, speakers. But what they offered was so magnificent. I need science. I love people and I love helping people, but I need science. And I know science does change, yet there are enough studies very often in the things that I was taught and the methods I use that if somebody needs some validation of some sort, I can say, okay, which study would you like to read out of the 7,000 that we have? And that is very important to me because one is my experience and another is something confirmed by science. So when I'm suggesting, not coaching, but in the suggesting part, one of the things they might wanna do to improve their health so their brain functions better, I have science behind me. It's not me just talking because I think or experience it. There's really a lot of scientific proof. Now, don't get me wrong, maybe in 20 years, the scientific proof will be different. But for the, this moment that we have, that works. And with all the work that I put in, I literally, I used to be angry for things for weeks. Like some, you would do something to me and for, it would take weeks and weeks. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I am proudly saying that it takes me a few hours. I don't get angry. 
I don't get pissed off. I don't get frustrated. It might take me a few seconds when I get uncomfortable going, ah, that's not what I want. And I go, okay, what did this moment teach me? Why am I getting uncomfortable? Because the power, the moment I get uncomfortable, that means I gave the power outside. I gave away my power. So what didn't I work on in me that this made me react this way? Because I cannot control the world. And that was one of the things I have to give up, control of the world. I can't control it. I can, and it gave me so much freedom. What I can control is how I feel about it and how I react to it. And that is what gives you back your power. That is what gives you happiness. That is when you go and you meet somebody who's even angry you, you're thinking, I'm so sorry. I'm sure you're going through something that's why you're angry because there's no reason you would be angry at me. You don't know me, right? And you realize that life is not about you. People encounter you and you're part of their life and how you react to them either make their life better and your life better or you make it worse. Remember that when you go off angry, you're producing cortisol. And when you're producing cortisol, you're actually hurting yourself. It's like kind of if you want to shoot yourself and hurt your neighbor, totally doesn't make sense. So why would I do that to me? I enjoy life. I enjoy little things. I enjoy my everyday experience, I prime, I meditate, and I found my ways, my walks, my meditations, my um, breath work, and working with people and teaching them strategies which do not require medication. And that's one of the phenomenal things about Dr. Amen and the way we work is that we're the first kind of defense against the difficulties, anxiety, depression, and lack of happiness. Because if you're not happy, no matter what you have, you will not be able to appreciate it. And two days ago, Jay Shetty said, although he's one of the speakers, I listen to him sometimes. He said that somebody asked him about happiness. What is happiness? And he goes, when you take away the fame, when you take away the wife, the people clapping, people admiring you and all the flowers and gifts, and you're all alone in the middle of nowhere and you still feel joy, that is when you achieve happiness. And I believe that 90% of the time I'm there. Wow. It's gorgeous. I mean, I don't need to say it. Everybody listening to you is going to say it to confirm the bowl of joy and happiness that you are. That is absolutely amazing. It is. And it's contagious. It is totally contagious. It is. But you know what? sadness depression and anger is also. as well so we need to choose our environment wisely and i think i want to say one more thing to the happiness because a lot of people go oh it's fake happiness it's not about living and when you see something tragic happen going oh oh wonderful no that's not, that's not it you do feel pain you do feel anger you do feel sadness it's just a choice how long you stay there because pain is natural Suffering is a choice. Now, when you are triggered every single day in pain, there is a moment where it becomes extremely hard to choose to be happy when you are triggered constantly. That is true. Yet, if you're triggered, that means... so. We had this conversation, I was leading a class on brain, um, a demo class on brain health for teenagers. Okay. 
And we were talking about what triggers us. And I think that example, which my coach gave me and I did with the class would perfectly resonate with that. So when we know who we are, nothing is able to trigger us. So if I go to a man who, and my coach is six foot four and I go to him, hey, you're short, you're tiny. He will look at me go, okay, and keep going. It will have no effect on him. Now, if he feels small, he will react to it, but it's not true. He knows this is not right. So if I tell you have brown eyes, correct? Do I about, right? about, yes, okay. hazel. Okay, so if I say, you have blue eyes, how can you have blue eyes? I mean, your blue eyes are just ridiculous. Look at your face, like, what is she talking about? <laughs> Does that have any effect on you? No, I just think, okay, so you're crazy, it doesn't matter, okay. fine. And that's it, it didn't trigger you. No. But if it was something that you're not sure of, 100% sure of, if it's not something that you know deep in your core, you would start wondering. Absolutely right. I can totally relate to that. One of the last big crisis experience I had when I calmed down enough to think back and to reflect and to say, okay, so why did I react so hard? I realized that I was still, despite all the strong, powerful and everything, I was still putting blame on myself for absolutely everything. Meaning not only control, but okay, no, but it's my fault. No, 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 but because, because you, you know, like uh, uh, 25 years ago, I made that decision. It's my fault. All that is going on now. And having that belief inside and hearing suddenly, oh, that thing doesn't work. Automatically, my brain revert back and said, uh-huh, if that doesn't work, that means it's because that decision, because a decision, because of me, it's my fault. And you are blaming me. <laughs> It's like, what? I mean, it's crazy when you think about that, but actually it's very logical when there are, there are these wounds of wrong and limiting belief that are destroying you. First of all, and I think this would be a great lesson for everybody who's listening. Decisions you made 25 years ago are the decisions that you made with the knowledge you had at that time with the best of your ability. You don't know things you don't know. So when you look at it in perspective of 25 years, of course you have more knowledge and most likely you would make different decisions. Yet those decisions, even those that were not comfortable, led you to a place where you are now. If you're gonna blame somebody for the misery, blame them for the happiness because you wouldn't be who you are without that. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. If my mom wouldn't be the way she was, I wouldn't be so touchy-feely towards my girls and everybody else that I know because I love, I knew I missed that. So maybe wrongfully so, I assume that a lot of people miss the touch as well. And science does say that, you know, touch is crucial for our brain to grow, for emotional growth. Um, I don't know if you know, but newborns without touch die. You can feed them, but if they're not touched, they will die. I didn't know that, but I can imagine. If you're a newborn and you know a few days old, and if you will leave a child like this, even feed them, but you will not touch them and they will not feel the human contact, they will die. Mm. 
And that's scientifically run over and over. Mm. And so touch is a crucial thing. Yet I became who I am because of my mom. Not mm-hmm. despite. Notice that it's because, not despite. Mm. I'm grateful that she was the way she was. Because without the things that I got from her, I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be able to contrast that and appreciate the difficulty that I went through. Because mm-hmm. she did the best she could with the knowledge she had and the way she was raised. She had no way of knowing really with the mindset she was in and how she lived that she's doing something wrong. She did the best she could. Nobody really does any. There are not many adults and parents that hurt their kids on purpose. No, if not voluntarily. Really, it's a fraction, right? Most parents love their kids. They have no clue how to express that because nobody taught them that either. Mm-hmm. And they have no examples. Mm-hmm. So they repeat the same mistakes over and over that were kind of imposed on them and how they were raised. And they think this is the best way because they turned out okay. True, true. My God. Can I invite you again for another episode? <laughs> Yes, you can. Thank you. Because yeah. I really want to continue. And I'm also mindful about keeping them like about 20 minutes. But I really want to continue this conversation. It's so useful. You bring so much value with all that you have learned, all the scientific and, and all, all the science that you have behind your own experience. I, I would like actually another episode to also dive deeper in your experience so that more people can relate to all those stages and and. And that shift that really brings you to that level of complete encoded in your DNA happiness. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? I love life, what can I say? And today was extremely challenging because everything was not going the way it was supposed to go. Okay, so how did you handle that? Well, I assume that there is a reason why this is not going the way it's supposed to go. And it's happening for a reason. And either I need to learn a new technique to do it better, or maybe there is a reason why something is not uploading because somebody's going to help me with something if I ask for help and it's going to be even better. Or maybe I have to learn a new task. And I assumed that, okay, it's not working. So let's find a way. Let's not complain that we don't have resources, let's become resourceful because that is putting myself, every time I'm out of comfort zone, every time you are out of your comfort zone, you're growing. Mm -hmm. The moment you get comfortable, you're dying. I heard about that. Yes, I heard about that. There are no new neurons happening in your head if you keep doing the same thing over and over. And even Einstein from a different perspective said, right? Repeating the same thing over and over is a definition of insanity. (laughs) Scientifically, if you keep doing the same thing over and over, you get up, you make your breakfast, you do coffee, take the same way to work, you do the work, you come back, you watch TV, and your neurons are not creating new neurons. You're not connecting new brain patterns, new brain waves. You're not developing your brain, your gray matter and everything else that's in it, which means your brain is shrinking and it's dying. Mm-hmm. 
So you will start being more forgetful. You will start being less attentive. You will start reversing and you will start becoming the mythological older person. Mm-hmm. And this is not my path. <laughs> I want to travel. I want to, you know, explore. And if you want to come with me, fantastic. If you don't, that's okay. Love you too, but I'm going. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Coach D or Dominika Stanievich, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing a little bit of the amount of knowledge that you have brought into your life so that a little bit more people can have more curiosity about things. And I hope when they're going through hell, right, they won't stop because even hell has a border. And trust me, happiness is a choice. You choose to be unhappy. You choose to be sad. You can choose to be joyful and grateful and smiling. And every time you smile, you produce new chemicals in your body that actually lifts you up. There are ways to do it without pills. Now, of course, some people do need to take medication and some people will end up on medication, but try, try to choose happiness. Life is so much lighter, so much better when you choose happiness. Definitely. Absolutely. With love, respect and happiness. Thank you for being here. It was an enormous pleasure. I hope you guys gained something from it. And I hope you did too. And just keep listening to Gemma because she brings awesome people to the show. Learn, thrive, and change the world for the better. Definitely. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate you. you. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.